Hello, hello. Welcome, friends, to Think, Feel, Eat, episode number 23, our goal weight identity part one. So this is going to be a two-part Think, Feel, Eat session. I actually did some of this material last December in our private Facebook group, but the recordings I did not take, so I was not able to use them as um, podcast episodes or YouTube videos or anything like that still in they're still in the group um, but that's okay because I can redo them now and I have more information and I have learned more throughout this process so welcome to Think Phil Eat I am Donna Reesh your host your teacher and weight loss and time management coach so speaking of time management there are so many things that we're going to be covering in this week and next week's goal weight identity sessions that apply to time management. I have a couple of um, our few time management clients, life coach clients that I'm working with. And I just keep thinking as I was preparing this material, like this needs to be a completely separate session for nothing. But instead of like goal weight identity, it would be like your time management identity because all the same things apply. So those of you who are working with me or on your own uh, with time management, think about that when we go through this material. Think about uh, applying those different thoughts and all of that to all of the things that we're saying about your goal weight to your time management goal. Uh, like what you want your life to look like in terms of your time management, operating your day those type of things. So, so, so cool and so applicable. All right, so I wanna first of all, reintroduce the Think, Feel, Act cycle. Obviously, Think, Feel, Eat is a spinoff of Think, Feel, Act. And Think, Feel, Act is a paradigm or a structure that um, many people in uh, mental health areas, as well as in life coaching, all kinds of coaching, um, that they use. And I am also, as most of you know, a student of Brooke Castillo's self-coaching scholar. It is part of her model is, the middle of it is think, feel, act. Then she also has two other pillars, the first one being circumstances and the last one being results. And we've talked about that here in this group before as well. But this, uh, for these two sessions, we're just going to look at the think, feel, act. I think that we can just take the middle of Brooke's model and take something um, that's a little bit more in bite-sized pieces and chunk it down. That's what I'm all about as a teacher and a curriculum author um, is to chunk things down. Just chunk, 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 right? That's what I love to do for my students, my kiddos, and I love to do for my coaching clients, and I love to do for you as well. So we're going to chunk, okay? We're going to chunk things down and just look at think, feel, act and how that those three aspects of many models, many protocols, many um, procedures for coaches, and you can find it all over the Googles, um, how many uh, of people who work with others to help them change their lives or even for ourselves, I use this in my own life every day to change my life, how we can use this. So I'm going to share my screen First of all, and I am going to have a lot of things open for my clients today. And I also did a webinar 
this morning for new homeschoolers. So you can message me if you'd like to take a look at that. It's called um, Homeschooling 101 Back to the Basics. It's going to be live next week. So um, let me go to our to my documents. Here we go. All right. So in the think, feel, eat cycle, um, it's very similar, right? Think, feel, eat, get it. We're using eat instead of act, but it's all the same thing, right? We have a thought, one thought. And that one thought causes us to have one feeling. We're just going to work with one on these um, because a, each thought can give a different feeling. Right, so we're just going to work with this one with one thought at a time okay i'm going to be throwing a lot of thoughts at you especially next week when we break it down and apply it to your goal weight um, but we're just going to use one thought and it's going to give us one feeling and it is going to cause multiple actions now we're going to start with a very 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 simple example to show you how true this really is let me see just trying to see if there's some way that I could like not have my, anyway, I'll have to ask my tech girl about that. Um, let me see. There might be one more way to do that. I'll do it here instead. Does that look better? All right. Um, so I don't think that's any better. All right. So with this, let me make my, this one. All right. So with this, we have this TFA, Think, Feel, Act, okay? In, in podcast terms here for us, broadcast, we call our things Think, Feel, Eat. That's just because we are learning about how our thoughts and feelings affect our food, how they affect our eating, the perfect storm of weight loss, all the things that I've been teaching um, for the last several months. Okay, so with the thoughts and the, the thought, one thought, the one feeling, the one action. So I want to take a very simple, non-weight uh, related topic so that we can see how this works. All right, so, so we believe that it works, right? If we don't believe that something works in a certain way, then we will not put much stock in it and we will not get anything out of it, right? So here we are, think, feel, act. One thought, one feeling, many actions. So let's take an example of somebody who comes to meetings or comes to, we'll call them meetings, comes to meetings late all the time, okay? And so maybe, you know, it's a church meeting or something or a small group or something uh, where you don't really know the person that well. Okay, so this person comes late all the time, right? And your thought is that, um, you know, when she comes late, we always start late and it ruins the evening or something like that. That's kind of a loaded, kind of a multifaceted thought, but we'll just go with that for now. When she comes, she always comes late and it ruins a meeting. It ruins the night. All right. When we think that double thought, so as we want that, she always comes late. When she comes late, ruins a, ruins a meeting. When we have that thought, we feel a certain way about her. Okay, so we don't know her that well. We don't really have any kind of empathy towards her. We have no good feelings towards her. Maybe before she was late all the time, we were just kind of, um, you know, neutral. But now we're not neutral anymore because she's late all the time and she's ruined the meeting. 
All right. And so with that feeling, we can become, we can have a lot of feelings, right? So we have to narrow down to what one feeling that would make us feel when we think that when she comes late, she always comes late and ruins a meeting, a compound sentence, but when she comes late, it always ruins a meeting. We, that is a thought. Okay. It's not something that's happening. It's what you think about it. Right. And we know it's what you think about it because somebody right beside you might be thinking, Oh, she's running late again. Um, you know, maybe I can help her unload her car. I mean, not everybody is thinking the same thing that you're thinking, right? So you were thinking, she always comes late and ruins a meeting. So then the feeling that you have towards her after that thought, the feeling that you have is um, maybe anger. Anger might be a little bit strong. Uh, it might be indifference. Maybe it's just like, you know, whatever kind of thing. Um, maybe it is uh, agitation, you know, like, you know, why does she do this and ruin everything kind of thing? You know, just that feeling that's like, oh, right. It might be a feeling of just, you know, like you've had it. What kind of feeling is that? Like exasperation. Okay. Any one of those feelings. So your thought is she ruins a meeting by coming late. The feeling is exasperation with her. And then you have actions that you take, right? So those actions might be that you don't sit beside her. You don't engage with her. You um, maybe gossip about her. You might leave the meeting early, like as a sign of, you know, rebellion that she, she came late. So you're leaving early because she's ruined it. Um, you might disagree with all of her ideas or her um, thoughts that she has. If you're, sh you know, spreading, sharing ideas or trying to work on a cause together or something like that. And you're going to have a series of actions that you do because you're exasperated and you're exasperated because she ruins a meeting in your mind. Your thinking is she ruins a meeting when she comes late. All right. I don't think any of us are above a situation like that, right? I think we can all relate to that situation. Think, feel, act, right? And we can't say that her coming late made it. Instead, it's what you think about it. This is how you can know that it's what you're thinking. So let's change the scenario a little bit. And let's make it where this gal comes in late, but you know, or maybe you've recently found out that her husband is on hospice and at home and she doesn't get out very often. And so she's always running late because it's hard for her to get out the door because of all of his needs. So once you found out this new information, your thought changed to when you saw her coming in late, oh, she has, it takes such great effort for her to come, even though she's late. What in the world? You were just being a total jerk last time. <laughs> right? Our thought completely shifted when we had new information. Guess what? It must be so difficult for her to, to make it here in such um, 
in such dire circumstances. Feeling, empathy, sympathy, love, concern, caring, um, um, just all kinds of like more sympathetic or understanding feelings, right? Any one of those, you can take any one. Okay, so let's go back to the thought. It must be so difficult for her to get here in such dire circumstances. You don't even pay any attention to the fact that she's late. She's not ruining anything anymore. Strange phenomenon, how she just ruined it prior to this, but now she's not ruining it anymore. Feel like you're getting a Sunday school lesson? It feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? When we look at our thoughts. Okay, thought must be so difficult for her to get here in such dire circumstances. Feeling, empathy. Just nothing but concern, empathy, that type of thing. Actions. Go open the door for her. Ask her if she needs anything carried in. Volunteer to get her a drink for her. Sit beside her in case she needs anything. Agree with her ideas. Help her walk out to the car at the end of the evening. Stay and talk to her after the meeting is over. Boom. This is how we know the Think Feel Act cycle is alive and well in our lives. I'm gonna stop sharing for a second. Because one simple thought change made a simple feeling change, which made a whole slew of actions change. Isn't that remarkable? That's absolutely amazing. So when we want to change our goal weight identity, that is we want to think, feel, and act like somebody who is already at their goal weight, we have to go into that person's thinking and change our thinking from what it is now. All right, so right now, our brains are firing with neural connections, peptides, hormones, um, uh, neurotransmitters, all right? All of those things are firing in our brains based on our current thoughts. And those thoughts give us whatever feeling we have about our current weight. We have to take on a new identity. We have to tell our brain something different in order to feel different and in order to act differently. Now, next week, we're going to use this uh, document greatly. And if you are subscribed to um, DonnaReach.com, you will get it via email next Wednesday. Um, but if you're not, go over to DonnaReach.com and subscribe. Oh, wrong one. Um, sorry about that. Here we go. All right. So we have certain thoughts and certain feelings and certain actions that lead us to whatever weight we're at now. All right. And so right now we might have certain thoughts over here at our current weight that we think over and over and over again that cause us to act in a certain way. Okay. 
we're going to come back to all of this next week. But so we might think I can't stay on any plan. And this gives us a feeling of futility, um, exasperation, giving up, right? And then our actions will be giving in to little cheats and um, not staying on our plan and substituting foods that we know will not get us to our goal, so forth. We might have a thought right now, I'll never get to my goal weight. That gives us a feeling of defeat. And so then we don't wanna try, we don't want to um, try to make any changes. When we are faced with food decisions, we can't decide ahead of time, we don't decide ahead of time, and so forth. These make up our current goal weight identity, right? These are our thoughts and each one can be taken separately, and that's what we're gonna work on next week. But these thoughts can be taken separately, and then we get a feeling, and then we get a series of actions. We can go any direction. We can actually go from our actions and go upwards and say, these are all the things I'm doing. I'm sabotaging my food. I'm not writing my food down ahead of time. I'm not staying on my fasting plan. I'm not eating two times, I'm eating four times. I am not eating what I wrote down. I am eating, going to the gas station and getting junk food. We can have this whole list of actions. Then we can go up and say, what feeling did I have that made me do those things? Well, it might've been a feeling of defeat. And then what thought led to it? Maybe we weighed and our thought was, the scale never moves. You see how you can go backwards and forwards. But the point is our thoughts dictate how we feel and then how we behave. I want to talk about a book um, that goes along with this uh, thinking and behaving in a certain way. Um, first of all, we know that what we tell somebody over and over and over again stays with them. And we know that when somebody hears something or they say it to themselves over and over and over again, they develop a belief around that, right? A belief is just a thought that we kept thinking over and over and over again until it became a belief, right? You think about how you look at somebody, you say, how did they get to this point? You know, maybe they used to be, you know, a faithful spouse, or maybe they used to be a, you know, a, a, a kind daughter, or maybe they used to be, you know, a, um, you know, a, a valuable employee or something. And now they are off on some kind of deep end. And we're like, where, how did they get to that point? Well, that didn't just happen, right? There, was, there were little thoughts here and there and here and there, and then feelings like it doesn't matter, that kind of thing, and then actions. And then another thought and another feeling and more actions, and another thought and another feeling and more actions that all led to that point. So when we think about telling somebody something over and over again, we think about children, right? We think about how... Um, how we uh, tell children certain things, right? We tell them over and over and over again, something that we want them to know, right? So I think about, um, I had this one daughter who, uh, she was a young teen and um, she was insecure as a young teen. And so um, 
I would always try, of course, to make her believe in herself. Like what mom doesn't try to help their daughter believe in herself, right? And we used to watch this chick flick when she was a young teen called Karina Karina. And um, in it, this nanny tells this little eight or 10 year old girl, she wants her to believe in herself more. So she tells the little girl um, that your name is so-and-so, so-and-so, and there's nobody better than you. And she makes the little girl say it back. My name is Donna Reese and there's nobody better than me. My name is Donna Reese and there's nobody better than me. And so I used to, I, I would tell my daughter this from this movie, when she was down about something, I'd say, your name is Kara Reese. And she'd say, and there's nobody better than me. She was just like 12 or 13. There's nobody better than me. But you know, that's not true, mom, right? We tell our kids things that we want them to believe over and over and over again, because we want them to believe in themselves, right? And we think that if we tell them something over and over again, they will start believing it. And there's actually a lot of scientific data that supports this. The book that I was just referring to is called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. And it just, when I read this book, it was a, it was a kind of like a self-help type of thing, a little bit power positive thinking, except we know that it's not just our thoughts, like you think something and then you're successful. You think something, then you feel something, then you take actions to be successful, right? It's not just thought success, it's thought feeling actions success, right? We know that our success comes after we take actions. But what causes us to take those actions? What will cause us to change our behaviors in such a way that we will take on this goal weight identity of our new weight? So in this book, um, there, he talks about how um, we, um, how the brain is a computer and how the brain is like a computer and how just like you can type in something in the computer, you can type in, I could type in right now, you know, that Ray Baby and I are 300, what, 220, 240, 260. Ray Baby and I are 260 pounds overweight, right? We've lost 220 pounds together. I could type in, we are 260 pounds overweight. I could push send, I could put it anywhere, I could just save it on my hard drive, I could share it on the socials, I could put it anywhere, and the computer would never disagree with me. The computer would never say, no, you guys are not 260 pounds overweight together. You know, it would never come back and say, you're only 40 pounds overweight together. You've lost 220 pounds together. The computer would never come back and say that to me. And that is the same thing that happens with our brain. We tell our brain something over and over and over again, and then we start to believe it. And this is why our thoughts are so important. This is why our thoughts are so crucial. So in this book, how, what to say when you talk to yourself, he talked about, described how we have to consider our brains just like a computer hard drive, and it doesn't know any different it takes in and believes, takes in and believes. You think about how many kids have been told, you know, that they're worthless or they're no good, or like a genius kid, for example, who was told when he was younger, maybe he, like Albert Einstein, maybe he was told he was addled by his teachers, like, uh, was it Edison or Einstein? Einstein, that he was addled, that he was not smart by his teachers, right? But maybe unlike Einstein, who went on to be, you know, come a very intelligent 
you know, human being who made so many contributions to the world, maybe instead that person believed it over and over and over again as he was told it. And even though he was very smart, he never did anything with his life because he, even though he had a high IQ, he never did anything with it because he never believed that it was true. So this is why um, kids become what they do a lot of times because they do not believe in themselves because um, they're told something else and that's what their belief is. So we have to tell our brains something new if we want to have new actions. If we want to take new actions, we have to believe something new. So there's a saying that says, what we are doing at the end of our journey is what we will do to stay there in terms of our weight. So whatever we are doing, believing, thinking, that we will do at our new weight is what we have to do now. So we have to create a new identity for ourselves. Our new identity is, I do these things. I think these thoughts. I have, feel these feelings. I take these actions. This is the new me. Now, next week, I'm going to teach specifically with the wording and even with, like, if you don't believe, because we all know from the power of positive thinking that you can't just say, I weigh 145, wear a size six, and wear sleeveless dresses. We can't just say that over and over and over again and believe it. It has to be believable to us, right, in order for us to head in that direction. So when we try to change a behavior without changing our thoughts, so suppose we stay in those thoughts that, keep, that we are having right now at this weight. So suppose we keep those thoughts. I can never control myself. I never stay on a protocol. I uh, always give in. Um, I never lose weight, whatever that might be. Then those thoughts are going to yield feelings that keep us right here where we are, right? Now, this is especially true of I am thoughts. And this is why it's really dangerous. And we want to stop our kids from doing this too, for them to say, you know, oh, I'm so clumsy. I just heard Brene Brown talk about this on a podcast not very long ago about how they don't let their kids put others down when they're raising kids. I, I think they still have kids at home, but they don't let their kids say bad things about others and they don't let their kids say bad things about themselves. And when our kids say things like, I'm stupid, I can't learn math, you know, these are some things that with our students, we just no, you are not. You know, we just stop them in their tracks that just not understanding a math concept does not mean that somebody is stupid, right? So we especially really guarded that with our own kids as well as with our students. But the I am thoughts, that is when it really becomes a part of our identity because we're not just saying like, um, you know, I, I don't have willpower. We're saying I am powerless, right? We're saying, we're not just saying, I don't, um, I can't stop eating junk food. We're saying, I am a junk food junkie. And so that I am becomes a part of our identity, becomes an unchangeable feature to us. So the good news is that we can choose to think whatever we want to think, right? 
So we can stop identifying as somebody who struggles with weight and start identifying with somebody as somebody who is getting a handle on it. Now, again, next week I'm going to teach you the exact wording, but we don't just want to like press it down and try to, you know, try to just make ourselves think better and feel better without like really, really getting rid of this and putting in the new. Um, I often talk on here about how I lost 100 pounds another time. I lost 100 pounds in the last few years, but I lost 100 pounds another time really fast, like within a year, a year and a half. And um, it was very, very small. <laughs> I, it wasn't sustainable for me. But um, And at the end of that, I, had, I did no thought work whatsoever. I didn't even consider, you know, it was all willpower, white knuckling for all that time. And then as soon as I lost my weight, I just went right back to what I used to do and gained it all back. Plus, you know, you hear that story a lot, but I never had a mind shift change. Like now that I am, a, I was very small, 120, which is very small for five, six, especially for me. I was, I've never been that tiny. Um, I was 120 size four for, you know, a couple of weeks. And I never thought to myself, I am a small person and this is what a small person does. I never thought those I am thoughts that would change things for me. So we can make those old or the current, <laughs> or maybe in some cases the old, a neuro connector, stop firing, stop giving us those old thoughts all the time, stop giving us those unhelpful thoughts when we become aware, which is what we're gonna do this week, we're gonna become aware of them so we can change them next week. When we too get rid of old thoughts, I said, don't just push them down. Let's get rid of them. Let's stop saying them. Let's realize we are saying them and thinking them and stop ourselves. Replace the old thoughts with new ones and create a new goal weight identity for ourselves. So awareness is the first step, right? Of anything, that's what they always say. Awareness is the first step. So we want to get to the point where we can stop ourselves in our tracks. I think about, you know, what do we think, what do we often think when we see pictures of ourselves? We see pictures of ourselves, we often think that, oh, I look old, oh, I look heavy, oh, that angle makes me look so fat, I look so fat in that top, I look so fat in those jeans, they're so tight, that dress is too small, why did I wear it? You know, we have all of these negative thoughts. And we can know that that's how we respond when we see our picture and we can prepare something else, even if it is just like if we're in a group, like a family group. And, you know, with me, I might think, oh, well, I look so old compared to my daughters and my daughters in love. But instead, I look at that picture and I can have prepared. I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to say that how I look. I'm going to say something like I'm a youthful Nana. I am, right? I'm going to say something like, I'm surrounded by love. I'm going to say a thought that leads to a, a good feeling, right? We can't always control all of our thoughts and feelings. We have a lot of negative things in this 50-50 life. But in the things that we can control, we need to control them. All right, so we are going to get to the new place by thinking what that new person thinks when they are that new person. So for this next week, we're going to, next week we're going to look at this chart more closely. I'm gonna bring it up real quick. And we are going to, share screen, where are you screen sharing?
All right, and we are going to learn how to stop thinking these thoughts that keep us at our current goal, our current weight, okay? Because we know this thought gives us a certain feeling and a certain set of actions. This thought gives us a certain feeling and a certain set of actions. So we're gonna learn to get rid of these. And these are the ones that, will, that I think I will personally have when I'm at my goal weight. And then, so we're gonna look at some of those. And then we are going to work on new thoughts, memorizing them and getting new feelings and using monkey bar thoughts to do it and choosing our thoughts. All right, we're gonna choose the new thoughts that we might have at our goal weight. Now, like I said, we might, maybe one of our new thoughts when we weigh our right weight for our right size body, maybe that will be, I keep my weight off easily at that time. So maybe we can't think that right now. So I'm gonna teach you what to do in that case as well. So stay with me while we learn more about goal weight identity and how we can need to take on these new thoughts and these new beliefs so that we'll have a different feeling, so we will take different actions. Guys, we know this is true because we always say things like, I'm eating my feelings tonight. I'm so depressed, I just got turned down for a job. The scale didn't budge for three days and it just made me so depressed, so I ate everything in sight. We know think, feel, eat works. So let's hijack the thought. Let's go back and change the thought so that we can change the feeling so we will get the actions that we need. What we're doing right now, if we're staying at the same weight all the time, we're not making any changes in our bodies, then we know that our current thought and our current feeling and our current actions are not moving us ahead. So we're going to learn to take on our goal weight identity, to take on those new thoughts, those new feelings, those new actions. And if we can't go all the way there, we're gonna learn how to do some monkey barring across, little step-by-step, because step, you know how much I love the word incrementality, six syllables, so powerful. So we're going to learn all of that next week, but for right now, let's work on awareness of the thoughts that are keeping us at our current weight. Awareness of the thoughts, and you might even start jotting those down. What do you think a lot? And then what do you feel when you think that thought that keeps you from moving into your new goal weight? All right, thank you for joining me for Think, Feel, Eat number 23. I will see you next week for part two of Goal Weight Identity, where we take that document and we break it down and we get the usable, workable, helpful thoughts for each one of us that will lead us to our goals. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to DonnaReach.com and um, you will get these documents via email there. And um, also reminder that until July 31st, graduates of the Intermittent Fasting course have the opportunity to get a half price coaching package. So if you would like to work one-on-one -on -one 
um, going through all of the perfect storm materials with me with challenges each week and goal setting one-on-one -on -one based on your own needs um, you can sign up for a consult that's if everybody can anybody can buy a coaching package anybody can sign up for a free consult for 30 minutes but until july 31st intermittent fasting course grads have the opportunity to get a 16-week coaching package for half price so go over and check that out too, donnareesh.com forward slash coaching. See you next week.